0: Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. Because deep down inside, I think we all know we need to be grateful for the gifts we have. No matter who you think you got them from. (laughs) But the truth is, we know where it all comes from, amen? I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to not give up, to not give up. You know, we just came from an Acts 15 meeting down in in Fayetteville where the Impact pastors got together, probably 40, 50 pastors, probably, wouldn't you say, Jamie, probably more, (laughs) just really seeking God about the culture, about our times, and I remember, you know, just really over the last year when you think of all the things that have continued to come wave after wave of, Criticism uh, against our faith and our stance on moral beliefs and what the Bible says about things. There was such a temptation to want to give up and just say, You know, Lord, <clears throat> we just need you to come and end all this. Can some of you identify with me on that? It's just like, Jesus, come, wrap this up. Of course, my kids are saying, No, 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 we got to get married and do our stuff first. I'm like, Okay. They don't like me talking about Jesus coming again. They're like, uh, Can we do that later? Uh, and I understand. I, I felt the same way. But I want to read a scripture to you this morning. When we when we think in terms of not giving up, and I, and I look at Paul, of course, who was facing very similar times, if not even greater times of struggle. But he said in Romans chapter one, verses sixteen and seventeen, he says this: "For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God <clears throat> that brings salvation." to everyone who believes first for the jew then for the gentile for in the gospel the righteousness of god is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last and just as it is written the righteous will live by faith paul is encouraging the church that is going through a time of persecution and he wanted them to know look I've experienced great struggle myself. We know Paul went on three, at least three missionary journeys, and each of those journeys culminated in greater and greater levels of persecution, at times being beaten literally to death. But then he shares with this. He says, you know what? I'm not ashamed of the gospel, and those are, there are those out there who try to make me feel ashamed. And, I, and when I think of that, I absolutely think of our time right now and the shame that is, that is trying to be dished out. But have you noticed that it is just a bit harder to walk the Christian life in these days? Have you noticed that? There's been much focus by the church on what people ought not to be doing and in some ways shielding them from the good news of Jesus. In other words, we've been kind of drawn into a fight that gets us off the purpose Because see, you can't have Romans chapter 1, and what I mean by Romans chapter 1 is the moral argument there. Paul talks about in Romans chapter 1 what is considered the pathway to ultimate sin and uh, a place of ultimate falling away from God. And of course, much of that discussion comes out in sexuality, And as I was sharing with the pastors, just briefly, I said, you know what, the bottom bottom line is you can't have Romans 1 without Romans 2. You can't have a discussion about sin. Paul opens up with Romans chapter 2 saying, look, you who condemn others are doing the same things. And if we want to talk about sin, then we really should start with our own, shouldn't we? And so that doesn't negate chapter 1. It just means that in order to understand chapter one, in other words, to be able to define what sin is, we have to first begin with forgiveness. See, we know God is going to bring wrath on mankind. The Bible tells us it's going to happen for its sin and its failure to recognize the solution to this sin, the free gift of eternal life, Jesus Christ. Even with this, we should not shrink back from what we know is the truth. See, when darkness grows, light becomes that much brighter, doesn't it? In essence, in John chapter 8, 1 through 11, we have a a, a portion of Scripture that is very, very powerful. And as a matter of fact, they mentioned it. Jamie, you'll remember, they meant, they mentioned this at the Acts 15 meeting, but I, it, I'm not you know trying to pat myself on the back, but I really felt like God had spoken that verse to me already, that section of Scripture, and I really felt like it was a microcosm of really where we are and what we need to understand, and it's the woman caught in adultery. You know the story. I'll recount it just very quickly, but Jesus is there. He's literally in the temple, and they're gathering together, and it was, he was sharing, and it was a very spiritual moment. The Pharisees come breaking in on this moment. Well, they went, it's early, super early in the morning, by the way. It says at daybreak. And they bring this woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. And they said... It basically was a setup to say, what are you going to do? The Bible tells us, the Old Testament tells us, we're to stone her because that's what it tells us to do. They're quoting Bible. Jesus, you know, writes on the ground. No one knows what he's really writing. And we can, you know, some people say he was writing their sins. I don't know. Nothing's ever clarified there. As a matter of fact, this is the only place in scripture that it is mentioned in the book of John. It's not in the, the synoptic gospels which gives it a very unique uh, place in Scripture. So Jesus is quiet, and then he just stands up, and he says, you know, let him who has no sin cast the first stone. And so they, of course, it says, starting with the older ones, finally to the younger ones, they drop their rocks, and they walk away. Interesting, isn't it, starting with the older ones? Maybe a lot more life, a lot more understanding of sin. The young ones full of idealism, blinded with rage, look around and realize they're the only ones in the crowd, and they leave too. But what Jesus says next is so critical to the whole experience, because he looks at her and he says, woman, where are your accusers? And she says, they're not here. Is there anyone here to condemn you? She says, no. Then he says, neither do I condemn you. And then he goes on to say, now go, you're forgiven, and leave your life of what? Of sin. That wasn't left out of the story, but it's interesting. It's the very last thing that Jesus mentions. In other words, he says, he, he, he makes sure that, he, that he, he confronts the judgment. He confronts the, the, the hypocrisy of the heart of man, but yet he does not leave out the fact that this woman, who, who did get caught in a sin, needed to go and enjoy the grace of God, but she needed to change her life. So when we look, so you see how that's just kind of a story of the church. That here we are to stand and look at the world and say, look, we're not here to judge you. We're not here to poke our finger in your chest and and, and thump you and hit you over the head with our Bibles. We're not here to do that. Where are your accusers? If God is not accusing you, then neither do we. If he sent Jesus, we're certainly not going to leave that out of the story. We don't want to judge your behavior, but we want to tell you that you are forgiven, and we do want to tell you that God does call it sin, and he says you got to get away from that. But it's not our place, ultimately, to be a part of that judgment process. No, 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 no. So I want to share some quick things with you today to encourage you. See, we shouldn't give up. Jesus had an answer to it, obviously, with forgiveness. He was able to con- confront the darkness. He was able to-, to tell the world, look, I'm not here to judge you, but I am here to tell you that there's a better way. We should keep speaking. You know, the church, that what we came away from this Acts 15 meeting was really with encouragement to say to hold our ground hold our ground with what we know is the biblical truth but to continue to move forward in the grace and love of god to keep speaking to keep sharing to keep preaching living our love for jesus in front of the world paul said it well i'm not ashamed of the gospel and neither should we be so here this is why we shouldn't give up if we look at those scriptures that i've just shared with you number one Paul told us that Jesus is the power of God, right? Last week I told you that when it came to that point and everybody was leaving Jesus, and he looked at it, he goes, are you guys gonna leave? They said, no, you have the very words of life. We know who you are, even though you've told us not to talk about it, but deep in our hearts. As a matter of fact, Peter confessed that was one of the first. You're the Messiah. Shh, don't tell anybody quite yet. Jesus said, I'm never gonna leave you. I'm never gonna forsake you. He's got our backs and he's walking this journey out with us. He's here by the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. He is the very power of God. The Holy Spirit has come, is in indwelling us to be able to stand in these uncertain times. See, there's always in our life what we call a Jesus moment. You ever heard of a divine appointment? A divine moment. Those are with us every single moment, and when you begin to live your life in that frame, in that sense, then you open the door to the power of God moving through you. And see, the problem is we're always thinking that it's supposed to happen just here. And I'm all for that. When Andrea gets us to the crescendo, and may we get that Jesus moment then, and you feel encor- encouraged, and you got breakthroughs. But folks, that only lasts about 40, you know—an hour and. In, in 15 minutes, we got a whole lot more living to do out there. And that's where it needs to be lived most, am I not right? See, people feel very powerless today oppressed, fearful, outraged, disappointed. And in the end, if this world takes all that we have, we can still be be at peace on the inside. Why? Because the power of God is something they can never take away from us until, of course, they kill us. But then even then, it's just like, no, we begin a whole new journey. You can kill the body, but you can't change our spirit. Of course, only if we're worshiping Christ, only if we've allowed Christ into our life. They can never take away what the blood of Jesus has done for me. Ever. And see, that's real power. See, real power is to learn, you know, more about what prayer will do. See, we can complain and we can moan and we can look at our political systems. We can look at the world, which, by the way, folks, is dying. It's crumbling. It will be judged. There have been civilizations. Those civilizations will come and they will go. And we can all put our hope and trust in that. But see, don't do that because it's not eternal. Jesus, I mean, Paul, Paul was telling us, he says, look, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for It, it is the power of God. And that only. The Holy Spirit is so ready to move on our, on our account. And it's time for us to interact with him a whole lot more. See, everything has been placed under Jesus' feet. And he's the one That has everything. Everything that's going on, he's the one that we need to be calling upon in these days. And so, when we begin to feel that oppression, when we feel that discouragement, we feel like the world is being taken out from under our feet. Folks, it's a matter of perspective. If you're feeling that way, it's because you don't have your eyes on the right person, or the right place, or the right thing. The person is Jesus. The place is heaven. And the thing is the kingdom of God, pure and simple. Secondly, second reason why we don't need to give up is that God's righteousness is revealed. Paul made that a point. He said, in the gospel, the righteousness of God has been revealed. And you know, that's a fancy word. Preached on it many, many times. But what what really righteousness is, is getting right with God. He's being right with him. Because the truth is, when you're born into this world, you're not right with him. You have a broken relationship. You could say, well, it wasn't my fault. That was Adam and Eve. No, 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 no. Which is really kind of a bummer. I mean, walking into the room and already being an enemy of everyone in the room. But that's literally how it is. You're born into this world already an enmity with God. That cute little baby squirming around the big, beautiful smile. I love seeing the pictures of our babies, your babies. Well, man, they're full of sin. Broken. It's hard for us to imagine, isn't it? But the truth is, God has come. See, humans try to deny their need for reconciliation with God. And yet we know that's true. And yet we get drawn in into this world of, of trying to take us down humanistic trails, that man is essentially good enough, that there is somehow, some way, that we can earn favor with God apart from the gospel. See, that's what Paul was saying. He said, look, I'm not ashamed of it because, he said, because that is where you get right with God. That is the reason, speaking as Paul would, the reason why I can stand before you today. It's the reason why I have hope for the future. It's because only in Jesus can I be right with my daddy, with my creator, with the father of heaven? Only through him. And see, the world's refusal to listen can discourage us, you know? It's like being on the car lot, and we got a brand new car. And somebody walks up and just say, hey, you can have one too. And they're like, it's junk. What? How could you be foolish enough not want, to not want to take this? Do you feel that way Sometimes when you hear people criticizing Jesus, when you hear atheists doing what they're doing, when you hear the, 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 you know, the, the different um, things that are happening and the criticism and the, the rejection and the stuff that takes place, you just think, ah, how could you not want this? Because we know you're hardwired to want to be in need to be right with God, and yet you fight that. It can be discouraging. But I wonder sometimes, is it perhaps because we're telling them about Jesus in the wrong way? We're, we're starting off our conversations with you're a sinner. I mean, who wants to start a conversation like that? You know? You come up, hey, how are you doing? You know you're an idiot. Kind of affects the rest of the whole time, wouldn't it? But that's kind of what we're doing, is we're going out into the world and say, hey, Jesus loves you, but you're a sinner. Maybe we're saying that God is angry at them. Maybe the message is, you know, God's really upset with you, and he's really going to torture you the moment he, amen. And, man, he's coming again, and he's going to burn you up. That's hard to listen to. I mean, it kind of gets away from the truth, which is Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. And it's kind of where we need to start. But let's look at some of these other things that we tend to communicate. You're not good enough. But if you try harder, maybe just maybe. Maybe, just maybe you'll get there. And that's a perversion of the gospel according to Paul. Because we know what the Bible, if you study the Bible, and instead of listening to people who interpret it their way, but Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine. It's just by faith. It's through grace. It's a free gift so that nobody can boast. I mean, that's what it says. And so we got to walk up and say, look, I got this gift free. I didn't have to do a thing. But sometimes we as a church we try to tell people, look, you know, if you if you look like I do and do what I do, maybe you'll be able to hang out with Jesus like I do. I'll put a good word in for you. Uh-uh. That's not the gospel. And then the, the big, the big, uh, the big one. You must attend, attend church. Now that's kind of crazy coming from a pastor, isn't it? But I don't think that way. Mm. That's the Lord right there. <laughs> he's, he's trying to get you. Anyway, but we try to do that. We say, look, you if you you got to come to church. Now we understand why we would start with that because it's there that they're gonna hear the gospel. It's there that they, they experience the body. I mean, we know all that and I'm not trying to undercut myself here. But I think sometimes when we do make it all about church on a Sunday morning, then again, we're, we're, we're kind of clouding the real message. And see, because a lot of people have had a bad, so many bad experiences with the church, they're just like, look, that's the last thing I want. Am I right? See, our message needs to be Jesus' message. And I'm just going to speak as if he were speaking here and kind of putting together some thoughts. And if Jesus were to speak to us today, this is kind of what what I would hear, hear him speaking. He says, I love you, and I want to restore you by healing your spirit, your soul, and your body. I want to reconcile you to my Father by the sacrifice, my sacrifice on the cross, your sins you no longer have a sin problem you have a belief problem i want to put you in right standing with my daddy so that even your desires will be transformed leading to a better more christ-like more godly life that's what jesus is after he says look if I can just, you know, I, I've taken care of the enmity. I've taken away the problem. So now we just need to receive it. And that's what we need to be telling people, is that Jesus loves them right where they are. Whatever their sexual identity or condition, whatever their belief on marriage is, whatever, whatever it is that they're getting themselves into, and they got it all over them, don't they? Our message cannot waver. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He has a place for you in relationship to our Heavenly Father. We can't start with the sin. We got to start with the solution. Come now, come, follow me now. Did Jesus start that? Did he turn on the woman and say, look, let's talk about this sin. What in the heck were you doing with that guy last night? I mean, why were you there? Because I want to test your heart right now. I want to see, are you legitimate? Are you? I mean, did he do that? No, he said, look. I mean, she didn't say much. Of course, she was smart, wasn't she? But Jesus says, look, I don't condemn you. Now go and sin no more. In other words, take this gift of life that I have just given you. I have, I have spoken just a few words and your accusers have dropped their rocks and they are, they're not going to do it. And, and, and I just want to let you know that me and my father, we're not going to do it either. So receive the gift. Now, of course, he couldn't offer her salvation at that point because he hadn't died on the cross yet. But that was going to come, of course. Yes, there is wrath coming. You know, if you want to talk Bible, yes, of course. We, we, Paul said It's coming on this age. But that's not the good news. That's actually the bad news. The good news is that people do not have to suffer that coming wrath. See, when we're talking about righteousness, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. God made him no, uh, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Man, I love that. And I've pondered that verse so many times because it, didn't, it doesn't say that I can start doing the righteous things of God. He says, I will become the righteousness of God. That's, that is curious, isn't it? I mean, think about that for a moment. What he's saying is that there is a transformation that goes far beyond what I even do. It starts with who I am. It's my identity. It's I now belong to him. It's everything about, that. in other words, I am now, I am adopted. Of course, we know those words. Now I'm, I belong to him, and the fruit of my life is now going to follow. Look at Ephesians chapter two. Therefore, remember that formerly, you who were Gentiles by birth, and called uncircumcised, and that's probably almost everybody in this room, by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the human, by human hands. Remember, That at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have become near, are brought near by the what? The blood of Jesus. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, that dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. Setting it aside. That's not how or why you get saved. It's not based on those regulations and those laws anymore because Jesus fulfilled them. He removed the hostility, the brokenness. It says he came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit of course he was dealing with the separation with jews and gentiles but the 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 point is not lost on us and that what he did is he came he he's the solution now he's the solution so my point is this as we continue to focus in this world upon jesus we keep our hearts and our minds on him we keep pointing the world to him he's the He's the hope. Paul said, "I'm not ashamed of it. Ashamed of Jesus because He is the gospel, folks. We need to get in that place again. We need to realize that the hope of this world is Jesus Christ. It's not our church buildings. It's not our song. It's not our music. It's not anything that we do, but it's Him and Him alone. And if we get drawn into the arguments about about the things, the morality of the, if we get drawn into those arguments, that we're we're not going to win them. We're not going to win." If there's going to be any conviction, that has to be brought on by the Holy Spirit himself. If there's going to be any transformation of change or change, that's kind of because God has drawn them close by his great love and then began to transform their heart and they begin to see that sin is death and that they don't need to walk in it anymore. Thirdly, Jesus is the hope of all mankind. The Bible tells us that there will be false gospels, which means there will be many who do feel disappointed or ripped off by a world, by the world and its promises. We all know that's true. Put their hope in a political system. Put your hope in in, in ways that are, I mean, look, even if things smell and look like the gospel, a lot of times they're just not without Jesus. There's no magic wand to take away all the problems of the world. And yet, you know, those who want a, A perfect world, those who continue to fight for that, apart from God, it's wasting of resources, it's wasting of energy, it's wasting time. And the the sooner you understand that, my friends, the, the better off you're gonna be. See, here at Valley, we're inviting our community to come and to learn what the Bible has to say about life. Not to just do church, See, we're going to do our best to clarify the message of the Bible overall. And specifically, the powerful message of Jesus Christ, as I'm sharing with you, you today. But we're, that's what I feel like we're called to, is to continue to communicate to our community. Look, this is not a judgment center. This is a place to come. We're inviting you to come to the table, and let's put the book in the middle of that table. And let's all look at it together. And let's go on a journey and let's, let, us, let, us, let it take us to where we need to be. See, you shouldn't look to me as a pastor for that. You know, pastors are very tempted to be able to, to use the manipulative ability because we know that human intervention and leadership and strength and all of that power of personality can do a lot. But it also would just destroy the messenger. And personally, I don't want to be destroyed if, you know, if it's all the same to you. I'd rather keep pointing at him. See, we're inviting the community to come and join us as we approach the cross with humility. That's all we're doing here, is say, to come in and say, look, we don't necessarily, you, you know, it's not about our lights. It's not about our screens, our fancy systems, our, our, the things that we do. See, if you think that that's what we're all about, then you're totally missing the point. Because, see, I know people leave here sometimes and say, oh, man, they just, oh, all this stuff, they're getting in there, forgetting the message of Jesus. Mm, that breaks my heart because reason, the reason why we do all this is because we have a generation that are tired of the church that you want to do. They're tired of the church that you've grown up with. And they're saying, look, you know, can you speak to me in a different way? Can you, can you break out of that religious thing you got going on? Can, 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 this, can you help remove those distractions so that we can meet him? And can church be fun? Can it be alive? Can it be, can it be less religious and, and more attuned to what's going on in our culture? See, I'm not, I, you know, We and the elders, we are not, we have not strapped ourselves to that thing, nor to any of this. The point is, we're trying literally to get so many, all of the things out of the way so that you can see Jesus. We invite our community to come, again, with humility. Now, if if the community comes with an adversarial approach, well, then you'll find something different. You know, you want to fight, well, then we're not going to fight either. But we are going to get our lawyers. One of the things we learned at this act, we had a lawyer at this Acts 15 meeting, and we're ready. We're ready when it comes for them to question who we are. But the truth is, we're following the book. We're going by the book. And as long as there's freedom of religion in the United States, then we're free to follow that book, pure and simple. We're inviting the community to allow our sinful nature to die and our new natures in Christ Jesus to grow. We're inviting them to come in and let's go through that journey together. (laughs) Because as we study the book together, we're all going to be confronted with our sin, aren't we? We're all going to look at the book and we're all going to see that, wow, you know, this is really not about sexual identity. This is really not about these things. It's about a deeper thing of how, we're really, really trusting God with our inner inner needs. It's not about the outward appearance or the things that we do. It's about way, way, way deep inside of my true love and need. Paul said, I'm not gonna be mastered by anything. But I can't administrate that. I mean, I can't walk up and say, okay, let's form a line. Come on up here, okay, what masters you? What's, what's, what's got a hold of you? Is it greed? Is it lust? Is it idolatry? Are your priorities of the way? Man, I haven't seen you in church in a while. I think we ought to start there. But that wouldn't be good, would it? No. We're inviting the community to come and let us discover these things together. That if you've got hatred and bitterness in your heart, If you get in the presence of God, and this is right, Jamie, if we we all get in the presence of God, well, (laughs) he's going to be at work. Because you're going to sit there and say, I love you, Jesus. And he's going to say, that's good, but can we talk about the hatred that's in your heart? Because we really need to start there. We're inviting the community to come. Let's do that together. So we're inviting the world to come look at Jesus, our hope, And like that woman caught in adultery, live our lives free from the power of sin as it is defined in the Bible. The only book that can define it for us. Valley Community Church is is currently, you know, pastoring about one in 42 people in our direct area. Okay? That means that we have literally thousands more that we can reach. So our job isn't done. Helping us reach a goal, of course, does take a price. And I've already shared that with you. What can you do today to be in the very center of God? How can you stay on this pathway of encouragement that I'm sharing with you today? We've got to get a hold of Paul's message. I mean, you can see Paul, who's imprisoned. who's imprisoned. He's struggling. He's been beaten, he's, he's gone through different things, but he's saying, look, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Even all that I've gone through, I'm still not ashamed of the gospel. He says, for it is the power of God, not only for me, but for every single human being on the earth. That's our encouragement. Right there. And that the righteousness of God has been revealed. God loves us, he's for us, and he's, he's fixed our separation problem. He's fixed that. So that now we can come and begin the journey, and grow together. So what can we do to finish? We need to allow ourselves to be reconciled to God. That was Paul's appeal. He said, look, he's come. Now be reconciled to God. Just just do it. And if there's sin, he's ready to forgive that sin and to help you grow. If you're here today and you've never asked Christ into your heart, God says, look, I offer you redemption. I offer you complete forgiveness and a new beginning. New creatures in Christ. Number two, to take your place in the body. That's what we can do. See, in these times, one of the things uh, I'll share very quickly is that we came away from this Acts 15 meeting was you know, membership has to become premium. It has to be. In other words, Look, we're coming into a time where there can't be any lone rangers out there because if you're caught out there on the range, you're dead meat. But this is a time for the church to gather together and to come under the covering. See, we're inviting the church to come, I'm inviting the community to come and and, and come under the covering. See, there is something here that's provided through leadership, through prayer, you know, over the 11 years that I've been here, we've, every year our finances have been solid. We've ended in the black. Over the 11 years, very few um, issues have come up. And, we, and whenever we have, we've been able to deal with them with love, with wisdom, with grace. I'm here to tell you that, you know what, folks? We're a pretty safe place to be in, in these times. I mean, you know, I'm sure you've got your your list (laughs) of things that we could do better, and and I'm sure that's true. But we're inviting you to become, if you're not a member here at Valley, it's time that you do. If you call this your church home, then you need to get into our Elevate. You need to learn what our bylaws are because, see, folks, it's what it's coming to. We can't pastor you unless we're in covenant together. We can't pastor you, we can't protect you unless you're able to come under and agree to what we deem in the Bible. And our bylaws are just full of scripture from top to bottom. And you can learn more about that. But And I'm not just making a pitch for membership. I'm telling you, this is a result of our act. Many of you prayed for this Acts 15 meeting. This, we had a lawyer come in, a believing lawyer. We had many pastors, and our conclusion was God is allowing these things to happen for the church to get its act together. We've got to prepare. That means no more playing around, no more goofing them off, jumping from one church to the next, no more that it's time for us as the people of God to get serious about who we are and what we're called to do. And and so, with that, with unity, with purpose, with our book firmly in place, folks, they can't touch us. At least now. And I say they, I mean really him. And you know who I'm talking about. Or an it. Satan. See, and then thirdly, we've got to em- endeavor to grow in faith and grace. I'm not sure why the notes say grace divinity. I think it just took over. And, but faith and grace is what all we should say there. Spell check going on. Endeavor to grow in faith and grace. And then finally, to invest. Invest your life to be a a part of who we are. To embrace your call. See, there's, there's no more time for floating. No more time for that. And so what will happen, and let me just bring this to a final conclusion. See, if we're not where we're supposed to be, if we're not locked into the body of Christ, if we're, if we're not you know positionally in our place in the body and, and, and under the covering and, and prepared for these times, then folks, we're gonna get washed away. We're just gonna get washed away. The enemy will pick off the weak ones. But when we gather together as the body of Christ and we move forward in the power of God, I'm telling you, awesome things happen. Awesome things are going to happen in your life. See, one of the things that 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 I in my heart is that, Lord, we need more miracles. (laughs) We need more miracles. We need you to show up more because, look, you know, none of this is being fixed with arguments. It's not being fixed with political dialogue. None of it's being fixed that way. We need miracles. We need a revival across our nation of people discovering, rediscovering who Jesus is. And we as a church, we need to be on the front lines. Amen? So let's stand up this morning. And let's pray together. If I could have our prayer teams please come at this time. And I want to encourage you again. Look, the, the, the altar time is opened up. It's not just a response to the message. But if you would like prayer for healing, which we believe in divine healing, that God can do that. Many have been healed in our church. If you just need somebody to stand with you, you're going through a difficult time right now, and you want somebody to just pray with you, to just speak faith, To just you know, there is a power that's released when we come together in unified prayer. These folks are here. They're prayed up. They love you and they're for you. We're going to finish with a song here in just a moment. and I, I just encourage you to come. But let's bow our heads and close our eyes and finish this morning. Lord, we're your people, the sheep of your pasture. And Lord, your goodness surrounds us on all sides. But Lord, we do see that this is a time, Lord, when the enemy seems to be rising up but Lord we know that you're going to raise up that standard but more importantly Lord we need to get where we're supposed to be God a shaking means you start grabbing the things that you know are solid and Jesus you will never be shaken you will never be moved so in these days Lord we put our hope in you the power of God Jesus we're not ashamed of you We're not ashamed of your message. We're not ashamed of your church. So Lord, let us move forward, God, with great faith. Get where we need to be. Lord, you're going to deal with our sin. If you're here today and you're struggling with shame, with guilt, I want to pray for you right now. All you have to do is confess. He's faithful and just to forgive your sin and, and to purify you from all unrighteousness. Nothing more than just a a humble heart in need of the blood of Christ to be applied to your mind, your will, your emotions, your spirit. So we do, we confess right now our need for you, Jesus. Forgive our sins. Pour into us a fresh hope. Lord, let us now with great confidence. Lord, if, if, if God, if we need to get under the covering of this church, Lord, that now is the time. Lord, deal with our, our insecurities. Lord, our, our tendency to wander and, and Lord, to try to play both ends toward the middle. God, living in the shadow. But Lord, walking in the light as you are fully in the light. Taking our place in the body of Christ. Lord, holding the banner of the gospel in these days. To be on the front line. That's where we need to be. Help us, God. Help us, God. Now, as we finish, if you're in this room today and you've never given your life to Christ, we have these red bags on the stage, and they're for you. Inside it, you'll find a Bible and and some information regarding what you can do in taking your next steps. But right now, if that's you, real quickly, if that's you, raise your hand up because I want to pray for you. No one's looking around, no one except me. If you want me to pray for you, just raise your hand up. Anyone at all? Okay. If you're here and you're still confused about that, we'd love to answer any questions. But let's finish with this final song together. And again, if you'd like prayer, please come. And if it's your first time, go to the Connection Center. Pastor Jamie's back in love to meet with you, talk with you. God bless